This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Your possibilities. Possibilities. Hello, Andrew Jobling, the Wellness Puzzle Podcast, and it is so good to be here. It's a new year. Happy New Year. Very, very exciting. 2024. The message and the theme for me this year is creating more in 2024. And why not kick it off with, I think, probably the most inspiring conversation I could ever have to start off a new year, and that's with Dr. Alan Meyer. You may remember Dr. LMI if you've been listening to my podcast since the beginning because it was episode number seven. This is back in 2020. can't believe it's almost four years. Finding Your Purpose, I spoke to Dr. Alan Meyer, who is an amazing, amazing man and a great friend of mine who's had a very positive impact in my life. He's a pastor. He's a preacher. He's a speaker. He's an author. He and his wife run programs for couples. He runs programs for men to help them be better men. He's used some adversity that he's had in 2023 and lessons that he's learned over the previous 12 months to craft and create more in 2024. This is a powerful and wonderful conversation. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with Dr. Alan Meyer. It is so incredibly wonderful to be with Dr. Alan Meyer. G'day, mate. Meyer. G'day, Andrew. It's great to catch up with you. You've got to uh, excuse my voice. I'm a little croaky, but I'm alive and I'm well. Yeah, husky, mate. Let's go husky rather than croaky. Good man. Manly, husky. We'll go with that. We'll mate, thanks so much for having some time. As we're recording this, we're a couple of days after Christmas in 2023, and it's that time of the year where it's hard to find some people. Some people disappear. Other people have time, and it's good you've got some time. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. We did a podcast I don't know if you remember, mate, this was back in May 2020, episode number seven, and it was called, and I wrote it down, Finding Your Purpose. It was one of my very first podcasts, mate, when I was raw and green as a podcaster, so hopefully I've got a little bit better since then. That was almost four years ago, which is pretty Mm -hmm. amazing. I can't believe it's been going four years. Four years older, and that's what happens, and we would have been four years older if we'd done nothing. Exactly. So let's do something. Well, I think we've done stuff, haven't we? In those four years, gee, lots happened. So that's May 2020. Lots changed. Lots happened. Let's talk about what has happened for you over the last four years because you were out and about and you and I had just been to the US at the end of 2019 and speaking at a town in Washington State called Yakima at a church there, which was lots of fun. And then early 2020, the world goes into lockdown and us Melbourneites, we got hammered. We did. From pillar to post, the most locked down city in the world. Tell us what's evolved for you over the last few years. In many ways, that uh, period of time changed everything. By and large, I have for the last decade or so really spent my life traveling and speaking. And I speak in churches, I speak counseling organizations, and largely delivered all my stuff face to face. Although we have created 15 different courses, and all of them are on video. We never streamed anything. It was all done face-to-face, or people would get one of our programs and they would run them face-to-face. And suddenly COVID came in and face-to-face was completely shut down. And over that period of time, we had to rethink because firstly, you couldn't travel. You couldn't get in an aeroplane and go anywhere. Churches were shut. 
counseling organizations that were running small groups could no longer run small groups. So all of the stuff that was being done face-to-face evaporated. Yep. And a number of things just had to change. And we had no idea how long it was going to be. The front end, we all hoped that maybe, you know, we had a lockdown for a few months and it would all be over and didn't happen that way. And it just got worse and worse. Yeah. First thing we had to do was figure out a way to deliver what we had without being in the building with people. And fortunately, we found a way to put all of our stuff up in the cloud and to be able to stream it and still make a living out of it. And then how do I do talks to people when people can't be in the room? And so churches, counselling organisations, everybody had to figure out a way to communicate that meant we were all in our own room. And of course, streaming became the big deal and we all just had to get good at it. I bought myself an iPhone 11, which allowed me to create my own movies at home, high quality stuff too, actually. You know, it's remarkable how small digital uh, devices can be that deliver quite an extraordinary product. Absolutely. I started creating talks that would be shown over streaming. People would stream church services. And then we had a crack at running small groups. We would have never thought it was possible. Can you run small group counseling experiences that are really impacting where nobody's in the same room? And so we had to start streaming our courses and then streaming our seminars. And one thing we discovered there is always a way. Always a way. And it's interesting, Al. COVID did a lot of things. And one of the things from a positive perspective that it did was it got people doing the things and thinking a way that we really all should have been thinking since the start of the 21st century. We're 23 years, almost 24 years into the 21st century now. And we've had internet for all that time. Obviously, it's evolved in social media and live streaming and all that's evolved, but we've had access to this. We've had access to a global audience for decades. Isn't it interesting, the human race, how we just seem to keep ourselves stuck in what we know rather than push ourselves to try and understand what's out there? And what COVID did is it just unlocked for all of us this amazing technology we've always had, but now we're forced to use it. And now since COVID, live streaming and Zooming and video stuff and all the stuff you're doing now and I'm doing now is just commonplace, whereas it should have been commonplace 20 years ago, but COVID forced us into it. And so I love looking, trying to find the positives or the lessons from every situation. I think I'm grateful for COVID because what it did do is it got us working smarter, thinking differently, but it also really, I think, highlighted the need for community and connection with people as well. So it's done a couple of really positive things. It underlined the value of friendships for those of us who've traveled to other places since Helen and I spent some time last year in Germany. Germany had quite a different experience of COVID because the way in which the government handled the situation, rather than doing what we did here in Victoria, which I think in many ways was about as destructive a way of managing it as you could possibly imagine. Yep. In Germany, they did it quite differently. We had, for example, we had friends who were single people living in a flat who, over that period of COVID, they were virtually denied any real human contact. Now, in Germany, they did it entirely differently. They allowed people to cluster into family groups. 
so that once you had designated your family group, you could visit those people as often as you wanted and you could get people, 10, 15 people together in your family group. But you confined it to your family group. And if somebody caught COVID, well, you managed it together. Yep. In that way, instead of damaging families and isolating people to the point of virtually mental health, and we've seen the outcome in this, particularly in this state, the damage to education, the damage to mental health, the crazy inconsistencies that make people hate government, we saw it all. Go to a place like Germany and you realize there was a very different way of doing it, but just had a very different mindset and for no value. At the end of the day, people who got sick, people who died, all of that destructive impact produced at the end of the day, no improvement. No, it didn't. Still happened. People still got COVID. As you said, people still suffered from the actual virus and all of the lockdowns and all the isolation and all the rules and regulations and the restrictions didn't stop that or change that. Just made it worse. And not only that, you had people dying alone, moments that you will never recapture again in a lifetime. And all of it because of bureaucratic time mindlessness. But we don't want to be mindless. We want to be a different kind of people. Yeah. Here's the positives, Al, and you're right. We witnessed firsthand. We experienced firsthand how poorly it could be managed. But again, I guess our government just did the best they could do. They thought they were doing the right thing, didn't really stop and think about the long-term impact of their decisions or their choices or their mandates. But it is what it is. And here we are sitting here. And hindsight is always 2020. Always. We're all armchair experts. We can look back and go, well, if I was in power, well, thank yeah. goodness I wasn't. <laughs> Somebody had to make those decisions. As you say, I'm glad it wasn't me. But here we are now, and this is what I love about what you do, what I do, is now we're in a position where we can help people, really help people that may be struggling. And you've seen a lot, I know, with a lot of the stuff you're doing and you've got plans. And I want to talk about your 2023. And then we're going to talk about your plans for 2024 because you've got some big things coming. And the whole idea of this conversation is to help people as they're sitting at this time of the year, as they're listening to this, it's early 2024, thinking about, okay, well, let's look back at 2023 and what are the lessons? What are the great things? What are the gifts that I got, but now what can I do to create more in 2024? That's what we're going to talk about. Now, let's have a quick break and then we'll just dive straight in. Let's do a bit of reflection time and then we'll talk more about what a new year might look like. We'll be back in a sec. Be inspired, be engaged, get motivated and make real change in your life and the people around you. Andrew Jobling knows how to inspire. On stage, he's riveting and engaging. Andrew is helping audiences around the world live their best life. Book him for a face-to-face -face or an online event. Go to andrewjobling.com.au to find out more. Al, you've had an interesting 2023, haven't you? Yeah, we have. An unexpected one and one that I'm glad is done. We were traveling last year in uh, Europe, and one of those moments we were traveling up an escalator. Helen's bag got caught at the bottom and it pulled her backwards over the top of the bag, and she hurt her back. And her back progressively got worse until it became clear by the end of last year she had to seek some medical intervention, and it became clear she was going to need spinal surgery. And as a result, in January of this year, my little girl had spinal surgery, and it was not an easy experience. No, I'm sure. 
and I was her carer. And uh, as a result of that, the first good part of 2023 was simply, it felt like COVID all over again. Home, just taking care of her. And it was many months really before we began to surface again. And uh, then toward the end of this year, I found my knee was beyond help. Then I had to have a knee replacement and she became my carer. So we both of us had surgery this year and spent a significant portion of our whole year just doing some rehab, along at the same time as creating some good stuff that uh, we're going to be sharing quite widely in the years ahead, particularly a, a new marriage course that we created in the two gaps between those two surgeries. Well, here's the good news too, mate. You've got a brand new knee, so you're going to be bouncing around in 2024 and Helen's got a new back so she's going to be climbing mountains and doing great things so 2023 sounds like it was a preparation year for great things to come exactly right and you tell me before we started recording al that and as a little bit of background here you've written a course and you've written a book called valiant man from good man to valiant man al i've got the book here people can't say that holding up your book it's well worn it was a book that you gave me 2019, so it's coming up towards five years ago. You gave me a copy of your book. I gave you a copy of my book. And, mate, I have read and reread this book time and time again, and it had such a powerful impact on my life. And, in fact, 2023 this year, the church I was going to for a little while, they ran the Value Man course, and I did it with vim and vigor. Yeah. First time I've actually done the course. I've read yeah. the book multiple times. Yeah. First time I've done the course, and it was powerful. And Al, you did these daily videos, didn't you, mate? You did 63 four or five-minute videos that were to be listened to throughout the whole Value Man course. And that was your fault. That was my fault. Do you know what, mate? I've been listening to them every day ever since. And I started that in May. And we're now, again, as we record this, it's December. So I've not missed a day since I started. So I've just been cycling through them. I wake up to you every single morning, Al. You and I are together every day. Yeah, that, mate. Well, it was your book, Tears of Joy, that really stimulated me to rewrite and to reframe my course called The Search for Life. It was that period of time that you and I did some health point together that I realized that those little daily videos make an extraordinary difference. They sure do. I woke up to you every day during that the health point thing with your encouragement and direction and insights. And I thought to myself, men need help. And men need help every day because uh, men drift. We, we know what it's like. You, you have the best of intentions and then one thing happens after another and you get distracted. Birds fly past and the clouds go over and before you know it, you forgot what you were supposed to be doing. And, uh, I realised if I'm going to help men, I'm going to help them every day. And I made a decision to take that uh, 63 days to permanent positive change and embrace it in my course. And I'll tell you a story about that in just a minute, because it's been one of the most moving stories out of 2023, is that very issue of 63 days to permanent positive change. And you stimulated that in me. I'm glad I didn't. That's the story you were sharing with me earlier, correct? Because I think that's one very, very valuable one to share, because you were just saying you had just done a Value Man course recently finished. Is that right? Exactly right. Let me just, for those of you who don't know what the Valiant Man course is about, It's simply about sexual discipleship for men in a highly sexualized and pornified environment. Men can very easily become objectifiers of women and can very easily get caught up in 
the hypersexualized world that just damages the way men think and the way they yep. do, and people need help. They do. Uh, and I created a course for that, which was my doctoral course called Valiant Man. And uh, I've been doing it now since 2005. 2004 was the first time I ran it. Now, your contribution was to encourage me to look at 63 days. Now, already I had in that program nine weeks of daily journaling. But then I thought, I knew from experience, by and large, the men in the course have got a daily journal to do, but they just don't do it. Right. Because you get them in a small group and you say, read me something from a small group. And then they look sheepish and say, oh, look, I didn't really have time this week. And you think, you know, that's typical men. Typical uh, bullshit. You have, <laughs> you have a doctor and don't take your medicine. So I thought, I've got to help them. And I'm going to give them a daily video. And I created those 63 videos to track them through every day for nine sevens of 63 for nine weeks. Well, at the end of this year, I run the course from time to time. And this is one of the advantages of COVID is I put it all up online and I learned that you can really do great coaching via Zoom. You don't have to have people in the same room. In fact, you can have them all over the world. And as a result, I've been running for some years now, ever since COVID, I've been running the Valiant Man course by Zoom. And I thought, will I run it one more time this year? Uh, yeah, okay, I will. And the re only reason I did it was because you never know that there'll be somebody for whom this is life and death. So out I go. And I'm, this time, it's the smallest group I've ever had. I only had nine guys sign up, and one of them dropped out, so I had eight. Eight guys, every Saturday morning, they get a video from me that they watch during the week. And then on Saturday morning, we come on for an hour, and that's where I introduce them to you, and I introduce them to the daily journaling and to the daily video that they're going to get by email every single day. And it was one of the best groups I've had. And there were tears. There were guys struggling with broken marriages. But there was one young man who was not in a relationship and never had been in a relationship. Just I didn't really know that much about him, except that he was just an interesting young man who was there because he just wanted to be a better man. So we did our 10-week course. We finished on a Friday night. My wife and I got on a ship, went away for two weeks vacation. And the day I got back, I received an email from his father. And his father said, I just want you to know that my son died last Friday night. And I immediately texted him back and said, I'm still on a ship. As soon as I get home, I want to hear the story. And I thought, what on earth has happened to that young man? I thought maybe he was terminally ill. Yeah. I got home. I phoned his dad. And he said, no, he wasn't terminally ill. In fact, he is a semi-professional soccer player. And he said last week he was on the soccer field doing his training. He collapsed. They took him to hospital. He died. Heartbreaking. But he said he loved the course. And he was doing the course because I asked him to. And he said he was just loving the fact that he was becoming the kind of man that he always wanted to be. And when I sat down and looked at the day he died, he died on day 63 of the Valiant Man course. While I was away, they had seven more days. And the day of his death was day 63, was the very day the course was completed as far as he was concerned. And I, look, you know, it was a humbling and sobering experience to think that I had that young man listen to me for, for 10 weeks 
And on the final day of the course was the last day he spent on planet Earth. And I have every confidence that he was a young man who had faith in the goodness and the forgiveness of God. And he's gone home to see his creator and forever be the kind of man that you become one day at a time. Yeah, powerful stuff. The value of simply being in a place to share good things with people. People need good things. Yeah. And part of my goal for 2024 is to create some more good things. In a broken and a troubled world, people need help. So true, mate. And I think it's important for every one of us at this point to really stop and think about 2023 because I think some people go, thank goodness that's over. I just want to get out of it. But they don't use it. There's treasure, there's gold, there's gifts. God has given us lessons and things for us to learn if we're willing to sit and listen and reflect on what happened. You've had Helen's back surgery. You've had your knee surgery. I know you've just recovering from another bout of COVID. That's why we're a little bit husky. You're talking about this young guy who died on day 63 of the Valiant Man course. I know you and Helen had a significant wedding anniversary this year as well, didn't you? Number 55. Number 55, which is incredible. What kind of perspective must you have around relationships and stuff? So before we go to another break, Hal, what would you say is the key insight lesson aha moment you got from 2023 with everything that has just happened in your life if you were to distill it down to one or two key things what would you say well this young man's story at the end of 2023 reminds me of the value of a life and how vital it is that while we're in the land of the living that our hearts are set on things that are bigger than trivial That's just been, again, just reminded me all over again. And I guess another one to this year, one of the biggest things has been that some things have to come to pass. There are some seasons in your life that you endure. They're not fun. Nothing much exciting is happening. And yet endurance is one of the most vital skills for life. And the only way that you can ever develop endurance is by just continuing one day at a time. So even in the middle of what has been, you'd easily call it an unproductive year, the fact that I endured as the carer for my little girl through her time of trouble, and she endured through my little time of trouble, and we endured together. Endurance is one of the greatest skills that we can ever develop in life. I love that, mate. Not been a wasted year at all. I love it. And I'm sure the bond between you guys has got stronger and you probably learnt new things that you can do while you can't get out and run and jump and travel. So there are awesome insights. Al, let's have another break and come back and we're going to talk now about creating more in 2024. So we'll be back after another short break. John Gottman and his wife, Julie, have devoted their lives to strengthening marriages. From 40 years of experience, John Gottman says it's what men do in a relationship that's the key to whether they succeed or fail. That's why I wrote the book From Good Man to Valiant Man. It takes more than good intentions to be the kind of man women and children can trust. You can find my book at careforcelifekeys.org. I'm Alan Mike, and I wrote the book From Good Man to Valiant Man. 
Al, you've got a list of things tabled for this coming year based on obviously what's gone on, what you've learned, not just in 2023, but years before. But certainly there's some things like this young man who passed on day 63 of the course. That's obviously triggered in you something pretty special. The endurance you talked about is a big part of it. And we were also talking before we started recording about you're now running the Valiant Man course for young people, like for children and teenage boys as well. So, mate, give us a bit of an overview of some of the things you're trying to create more of in 2024. Well, let me look at some of the things that we think we have a contribution to make. Helen and I have been married now for 55 years. I met my little girl in high school. And just actually, it was just this morning, I saw a photograph of her in the high school magazine for 1965. Wow. And it reminded me that we've got older. <laughs> just a little. Yeah, but yeah. And I've got to tell you, one of the dangers of getting older is that there are moments where you start thinking, do I have anything more to give? Have I shot my bolt? Have I run my race? Have I done my thing? But the reality is, We carry things that are extraordinarily precious. One of them is that we have been able to stay married for 55 years. And instead of it being an endurance contest, it's been a delight. And I've got to be honest to say, it's probably been a greater delight the longer we've been married, partly because you begin to enjoy the reality of the fact that you do have a relationship that's unbreakable. Yeah. And there's reasons for that. In fact, I put up a post on Facebook while we were away because we had a funny little experience. We were on our holiday in New Zealand and I went to a shop and I wanted to buy a hat. I'd forgotten to put in a cap and it was a sunshiny day. I wanted a cap. I didn't want to pay 45 bucks for a cap because I've got plenty of caps. But I found a little shop that had one or two caps that all were the same. They had Paris written on them. And I found it for five bucks. And so I said, you found a cap with Paris on it in New Zealand for five dollars. Five bucks. Of course. And I said, Helen, let's buy two. And we'll both have a cap. She said, No. I said, Why not? Because she said, that's ridiculous to have both have the same cap. And I said, No, it'd be fun. It'd be like we belong together. And so we have this argument in this store, and I'm not getting my way. And she doesn't see the value of this. And there would have been a time that that would lead to argument. And I start inside, I'm start laughing because I know this girl. I know her, and I know that if I have an argument, all she's going to do is arc up, and then we're going to be at loggerheads, and before you know, we'll hurt each other's feelings, and then we'll have to fix it all later. But the reality is there's no need to do that because I know this girl. I know that no is her default position. I back off, and I just buy myself a cap, and I go wearing it all day long. Now, as the sun beats down and it gets hotter, there comes a point where she realizes she really does need a cap, and eventually she makes her way back to the shop and buys the other one. And now we've both got a hat with Paris on. And I thought, you know, if you're going to stay married for 55 years, one of the most important things is you just got to know a few things. And one of them is you've got to work with the wiring of the person you're relating to. Stop trying to beat them into your shape. Once you understand their wiring, you can work with the wiring instead of trying to change the wiring. And I know with her, it just takes a little time for her to percolate the, the idea And it's got to be her idea too, not your idea. And by four o'clock in the afternoon, it was her idea. Yeah. And now we've both got a Paris hat. I put a photo of us with our Paris hats on. And I said, look, if you want to stay married for your whole life, you've got to understand a few things. And I've spelled it out. And the number of people who shared that, it wasn't just that they made a comment, they shared it. In other words, 
they realize I got friends that need to hear this. Yeah. That's our marriage course. And, and so you're rewriting that at the moment, aren't you? You we, mentioned we wrote this. it last year. Now we've got to get it into publishable form. So that's one of our big goals. That's great. Take the new course we wrote 2023 and put it into publishable form. Then there is a course for young boys. Listen, one of the greatest needs for young men is to get coached on their manhood between the ages of 10 and 14. And by and large, nobody tells boys between the age of 10 and 14 anything they should be hearing. No. And I made a little start. At the end of 2023, I got 10 boys together and I gave them three sessions on different issues like the pleasure center of their brain. And I gave them some insights and they loved it. And they said, you're telling us stuff no one has ever talked to us about before. So I just think I'm carrying some stuff for young men as well as older men that could be life-changing for them. And that's why I want to be in a cluster of people who are writing yep. and developing ideas this year because I don't want to try to do this alone. No. I want to do it in a cohort. And your thoughts before we started today, the possibility of me joining you in a cohort is exactly what I need because I realize that my greatest enemy is procrastination. Yeah. Months can go by. And I've started writing many times on a number of books. One is called The Search for Intimacy. Another is called The Search for Life. The reason I got the Valiant Man course done because it was a doctoral course and I had deadlines. Now, we need to help each other because when you don't have deadlines, the tendency is, you just get nothing. You done. put it off. I'll get it done. I'll do it later today or I'll do it tomorrow or I'll. Procrastination. The greatest enemy of any kind of. And I heard outcome. a great talk on Sunday morning on procrastination. I sat down and I wrote out a number of thoughts. It's right here on my journal here in front of me. Redeem the time. Make the most of your time in 2024. And that means we've got to deal with procrastination. So. We've got to address the issue of putting stuff off, Andrew. Oh, 100%, Al. If 2024 for people could be the year of action every day, do it. I'm sure you've heard of Andy Stanley, who's a pastor in the US. He's written multiple books. He's written a book called The Principle of the Path. The Principle of the Path is that it's our direction, not our intention, that determines our destination. Yeah. If you think about that, our direction, not our intention, that determines destination. Intention is the greatest weapon a procrastinator has because their intention is, well, I was going to do that. My plan is to get in shape. My plan is to write a book. My intention is to do something, but intention will never get it done. It's action that gets it done. It's the, the action that puts us on the path to a destination. And that's yeah. what you're talking about. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. This guy on Sunday was talking about uh, why do we procrastinate? And as I was listening, I thought, I want to know the answer to that. Because it's probably one of the greatest challenge I face in productivity is I simply keep putting stuff off and I'm going to and I want to and I know I need to. And he talked about lots of things, but he said one of the reasons we procrastinate is we're just afraid to fail. If I start, I may not finish. Yeah, fear. Yeah, exactly. I'm afraid to fail or I'm afraid it won't be good enough or I'm afraid it won't be perfect. And so I just have to wait till I get it perfect in my mind, you know, until I finally really know. And the fact is, you never know what's on a roadway until you start taking steps. And you can never create perfection until you have chaos. You can't do something perfectly first time. I think about the Statue of David. 
I don't know, I'm sure you've seen the Statue of David, which is the most incredible, massive sculpture, the most famous work of art there has ever been. And it took Michelangelo years to do it. And he started with a slab of marble. Yeah. And it was messy along the way. We look at this, what you would say is a perfect sculpture, but it wasn't perfect all the way through. And it didn't get a perfect on day one or day two or year one or year two. It's probably five years that it took to get it to the point where you could consider it perfect. Same with the book, same with the business, same with the relationship. It's yeah. going to be messy and you need the mess. The mess yeah. on the way through is how you know what perfect looks like. You've got to keep polishing and fine tuning and cleaning and working until you get to that. And I think that perfection mindset, you're right, mate, it's the biggest enemy of progress there is. Yep. So I've started writing down some thoughts on distractions. No multitasking. Again, this was a very good thought from Sunder. He said, one of the greatest problems we have in procrastination is that we allow ourselves to be doing too many things at once. And as a result, nothing actually productive happens. Stop, put all of the distractions aside, at least for five minutes, and then maybe 10 or 15 minutes or 20 minutes, and don't get up and leave the table, and don't decide to go and see what's on the TV, and don't just go and make another cup of tea. Check the cricket scores. Listen, I'm a because I'm a preacher, one of the most helpful thoughts that was ever delivered to me was that every new message begins with a blank piece of paper. And you sit down in front of a black piece of paper and you think, I have no creative thoughts. I don't know what to say. But he said, every great message starts with a blank piece of paper. Write down a word. Write something down. Okay, what's the meaning of that word? What thoughts come with that when before you know it, you've got ideas and things are on that paper. And before you know it, you're on a pathway and you're starting to take some steps. And the reality is that multitasking stops that from happening. Just give yourself some space, have some big goals and some vision, then have some small goals. What am I determined to do today? I'm going to write a page. I'm going to write a paragraph. Now, you've often said that. Just sit down and make a decision. I will write a paragraph before I have breakfast this morning. I'm going to write a paragraph. Mightn't be a great one. It's going to be a paragraph. Doesn't have to be. Great thoughts, mate. Wow, that's awesome. There's so much stuff you've just thrown at us then, and hopefully people have got it. But a couple of really key things, all of your experiences in 2023, what I love is you haven't wasted those experiences. You've used them to craft the things you want to do in 2024. And I think there's power right there. And again, I've said this already once, but I want to suggest to people that look back at 2023 and go, okay, what happened that I can do something about might have been some kind of adversity or challenge. How can you use that adversity or challenge to give 2024 meaning? And I love that you've done it. A lot of the things you're doing are the result of things you've learned or started in 2023, which is incredible. And you're talking about action, not procrastination. You're talking about stop multitasking. All this stuff, people know. So, Al, again, let's distill it down to something really simple. If you were going to offer... People listening to this, they're sitting at the start of 2024. They're thinking, well, what's this year going to look like? And 2023 didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Maybe people are sitting back and, well, I had a great year, 2023. I don't need to worry too much about 2024. What would you say to people as they launch into a new year with the mantra trying to create more in 2024? The greatest motivator is the question of what am I doing it for? 
why am I doing this? You know, what's the why? There's so many whys. Firstly, I've got a girl I'm married to who's looking to me to be, again, a good provider in 2024. I want to write a book because I'd like to make some more money. I'd like to take her on an amazing trip. Secondly, the why, because there are people all over the world, and I don't have to go all over the world, I don't have to walk down the street I'm in, who need some of the wisdom we've got. And as a result, I simply want to take the valuable stuff that we have and make it available, which means we've got to create the manuals. We've got to create some videos. We've simply got to sit down and take the bones of what we created last year and put it in a form. Why? Because people are worth it. People need help when they're worth it. Now, for me, they become two of the big whys. I want to write a book. I'd like to make some more money this year. Well, I'm going to help you do that. Love it. Good. Tick that box. What else? I want to take these books and the courses and frame them in a way that not only young boys can do it, but married people as well. I want to make a difference again. Put something into the hands of people that'll be life-changing. When I read your book, Tears of Joy, and I was reminded of such simple things, the way I think will result in the way I feel. My thoughts and my feelings will determine my action. And if I continue to act the same way, it will lead to either success or sadness. That stimulated the whole of the rewriting of the search for life. And I want to start this year with this very important thought. My life does matter. I'm 75. And every now and then there are thoughts that say to me, you've run your course, you've had a go. What more can you contribute? That is not a thought that has anything to do with reality. I have more wisdom today than I have ever had. In Absolutely. I can make more difference. That's the thought that is coming to the forefront for 2024. I'm not done. I have wisdom. It took me 75 years to know what I know. And in 2024, I am going to be what I am. That will produce, instead of feeling tired or overwhelmed or lethargic, that will produce in me an action. And if I continue to act one day after another, I will produce programs and books that will change people's lives. And then I'm going to go on a big trip to Alaska. Oh, mate, I love it. There you go, guys. You couldn't get any more inspiring a message than you've just got from the amazing Alan Meyer. And I'm very proud to call this man my great friend. The meaning. I think that's a really big one, isn't it, Al? Just having meaning, finding purpose in what you do, making a difference. And I really think you're 75. I've got a significant birthday in 2024, my 60th birthday coming up. And it's interesting as you get to certain, just a young fella, as you get to these certain stages, you recognize the fact that selfish goals and materialistic things don't hold that same power as they used to. For me, as it is clearly for you, is how do I help other people? How do I inspire people? How do I use what I've learned and the experiences I've had to make a difference in other people's lives? And I think if we can all launch into 2024 with that real vision, how can, based on what I have learned, what happened in 2023, what's happened in my life, how can I use it to help other people? I think that's going to really help people live more, do more, create more, love more, help more, inspire more in 2024. May it long continue. Absolutely. So, Al, tell us how people, if they want to find out more about you, your stuff, your books, your programs, your courses, how do they find you? Just go to carefors, lifekeys, 
www.thepowerofthenow.org. And that's where we'll be. And if you want to email, you can email me through the website. Be glad to catch up with anybody who thinks I could make a difference for them. For a fact, mate, I know you can make a difference. So for everyone listening, reach out to Alan. He's a very worthwhile man to have a chat to. Al, thanks, mate. It's been awesome having this conversation. I'm looking forward to watching you create all this incredible stuff in 2024 and being part of your journey as you and I have been in each other's lives for quite a few years and will be for many, many more to come. So thanks, mate. Bless you, buddy. I'm inspired. I'm fired up. I feel incredible. Oh my gosh, what a great way to start the year. As I often say, I do this podcast mainly for me and you're just lucky you get to listen to it as well. And when you've got someone like Alan Myers speaking to you, you know for a fact you're going to get inspired, you're going to learn something, you're going to get some ideas and insights into how you can be better, do more, create more in 2024. What a wonderful conversation that was. My recommendation is have a listen to that a couple of times and write down some stuff, reflect on 2023, what you've learned, what came out of it that you can use to be a platform for you creating more in 2024. If you'd like to reach out to Alan, go to his website, which is careforcelifekeys.org. I'm not going to spell it out. The link is in the show notes and reach out to him there. Buy his stuff, buy his programs, buy his books. Trust me, I've read his book, Valiant Man, multiple times and it's absolutely transformed my life. Thanks for being a part of this week's podcast. Happy New Year to you. I hope you have a wonderful 2024. I hope you share this podcast with as many people as you can. I hope you'll be back with me again next week and for the whole of 2024. I will definitely be here. My name's Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. 